is the Max and Vince podcast, part of the LAFC podcast network, part of Inside LAFC. And uh, we are thrilled to join you once again. Another great guest. We're going to be joined by Sam Stayskull of The Athletic, a senior writer there, also with his podcast with Paul Tenorio, Allocation Disorder. Paul, a previous guest of us here on Max and Vince. I am Max. Hello, Vince. Hey, Max. I don't, You're I don't our know. senior writer. You're our senior writer. For I'm, the o- I'm the only writer, sadly. <laughs> um, I don't know if, I, if this is a pat us, pat us on the back moment, but, uh, you know, we had, we had, yeah, our timing's great. We're going to have Sam on right when, the, right when he is able to get the schedule out ahead of when it's going to come out. We had Paul on, I think, a couple <laughs> days before we uh, heard from MLS that uh, we should not be sharing any information. I just want to put it out there. We're asking Sam for information. That's not the other way around in this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's, let us bring in Sam on that note. And Sam, before we get started, and I mentioned this to Paul, I just want to say how important it is to have you guys. When I was at ESPN, value of guys able to break stories and uh, sort of be the guide and a, a place where we can go if there's a big transfer, if there's big news in this tournament. So we had, I, I always compare you guys to Adrian Wojnarowski, who's got so much clout covering the NBA at ESPN. And obviously, why, why the NFL? Adam Scheffler. Adam, Adam as well, who, Adam Schefter, who did the same for NFL. So it's a breath of fresh air to have you guys. So thanks for the work that you do. Well, thank you for that very kind introduction. That's, uh, that's high praise. I'm not sure I can quite live up to it, but, you know, I'll try <laughs> We're all about a great, intro, uh, great, great introduction. So uh, we'll, we'll get into it, and uh, we will talk about the tournament. But uh, just your impression with the schedule being released. We at LAFC, we have a game against the Dynamo on the 13th, the 18th, the Galaxy game, which obviously will loom large. It'll be a 10.30 Eastern time kickoff. And then Portland LAFC, also at 10.30 on ESPN2, uh, a few days later to wrap up the group. So with regards to LAFC or anything, what was, uh, what was your first impression when the, you saw the schedule? Yeah, so the first thing I looked for when I saw the schedule was when LFC and Galaxy were playing, to be, to be quite honest. I think that's the marquee matchup, no secret there. Um, but kind of the other main takeaways that I had were the early games. I was curious about the 9 a.m. games, how many of them there would be, who would be in them. And I think it's pretty, honestly, I think it's pretty weird that they threw Seattle in one of us. You know, you're asking poor Sounders fans up there on the West Coast with you guys to wake up at 6 in the morning to watch the team. And like, I don't know. That, that seems kind of rude. Technically, five o'clock or five thirty because you got a little coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get a little feed for a game up. like that. Yeah, gotta gotta have your coffee. Maybe walk the dog, whatever. But yeah, so that one that one kind of stuck out as a little bit bizarre. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it be it feels a little more real now, and so the excitement's a little bit a little bit more real when you kind of see the schedule and where you're going to be able to watch games and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, so those were kind of the main things for me was LA, 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 um, you know, the, the seven early games, two of which involve Western Conference teams. And, and uh, yeah, and then just kind of the excitement, ready to go, ready to see some soccer here in the Vince, U.S. Vince, before I jump in real quick, it's just one thing I noticed too, and I'm, I'm ripping through the schedule here is, and I'll pass it off to you as I say this, the amount of games on ESPN, ESPN mm-hmm. one, which has, it just, I mean, it's on everywhere. And we're going to be at home most of the time, but this is going to be a big push from ESPN for the time I spent there. If they have a game at 8 o'clock, they're going to build it up all day. So it could be a really unique uh, opportunity for Major League Soccer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what got to me. I think there are only two games on ESPN, too, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and and I, want, I think it's like 26 or something like that on ESPN. And that's just in the group stage. We're not even talking about the knockout round. So, I mean, Max, you mentioned it. You know it better than anyone else on this show, certainly. <laughs> but ESPN is going to promo those games. And that's a big part of this tournament is taking care of ESPN. You know, they're down there in Disney. Disney owns ESPN. Um, they, they want to be able to take care of their national TV partner, their most important partner, most likely, um, in a time of, that's otherwise kind of a crisis, both, both in the world and for ESPN as a company with, with no live sports to show and advertising revenue dropping. So. Good gesture of good faith for MLS, and you know the players might feel a certain type of way about that in particular. Um, but you know, I think it, it'll achieve the objective if they can get it off, right? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think from a player's perspective of this, right? The the bigger the contract you can possibly get in the future, the bigger that revenue share is. If we hopefully we can get to that stage for the players, sure. right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think the other thing in the in your article, the 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 takeaway that I saw, and I, I read all the 
uh, stats guys and I checked out all the, the graphs showing how teams are going to be kind of broken down and how that five group team, it's just, it's not good to be in that team. You're a little surprised that MLS backtracked and decided to actually kind of take advice from, from the outside and make some changes like that. Uh, a little, but not overly. I mean, MLS has never been afraid to uh, change things on the fly. That's for sure for better or for worse. Um, so, you know, all of these things are coming together very fast. Right. And so you might not have everything perfectly ironed out right away. And, but you know, you think about it a little bit more and then you, then you pull off the switch. And of course, what we're referring to is they change the format. Um, there's five groups of four teams, one group of six teams, the top three teams in that 16 group are going to advance previously. Um, it was just going to be a top two and then the top four third place finishers. So they tweaked it a little bit, but I think it's good. It's a little bit more equitable, right? It was a little bit unfair if you're one of those teams in the 16 group. Uh, you just have, you know, fewer spots for you to advance into. So, I mean, I love the numbers. I'm not, I, I don't know how they were able to reason all that out. And I'm glad people did. Uh, but it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm surprised a little bit because it, 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 look, it's a push up of maybe like a couple percentage points to get you through. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just would have thought that they would have been. I'm like, guessing, eh. I'm guessing they were hearing it from those six teams being mm -hmm. like, what the hell, you know, like yeah. give us a fair shot here. Um, so I'm guessing that probably had something to do with it. Sam, I read an article about, you know, we'll get into the logistics and the complications, I think, more so about this tournament. But the timeline, clubs are, are starting to arrive now, correct? Yeah, we're, we're talking Wednesday afternoon here. San Jose, I think, is in the air right now, flying from California to Orlando. And they're going to enter into the bubble today. And Orlando City is going to enter into the bubble tomorrow, um, oddly enough. They don't have to travel, of course, but probably best to get out of the Petri dish that Florida is becoming um, and kind of isolate as far away as they can from the virus. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're starting to trickle down. Other teams are going down over the weekend and, and we'll continue to go over the next seven or 10 days. Um, they all have to get there a week before their first game. That's the deadline. Yeah. You've been, I'll make this point. You've been cautiously optimistic, but you've been more than willing to, to try to be realistic and share with, with re your readers, like what exactly is going on? We will say that, you know, South Florida, it seems to be the epicenter at this moment. And yeah. For people that don't really know the geography and, and Max has tried to get people, give, give them an idea of how different Miami is from Orlando. Um, but <laughs> that's, it, that's where I, I grew up in Miami. I went to school in Tallahassee and I try to, I try okay, to you get know. through Orlando as frequently as possible. Yeah, I lived in Broward for a few <laughs> years when I was a kid. So yeah, the differences are stark. Sure. <laughs> but, what I, but what I want to say was you, you've been doing your due diligence and you've been reaching out to people like Max referenced your, your article. There, there's some anxieties uh, among players. What's, what's the yeah. general vibe? Yeah, the general vibe is uh, a little confusion, I would say, and I'll come back to that in a moment. Um, but just like kind of increased wariness. You know, the, the virus is spiking down there. The rate of positive tests in Orange County was, I think, at 17% yesterday. Um, which is very high. I think they had a new rec record single day high for cases down there. Um, so there's some anxiety over that. You know, I think everyone sort of recognizes that they're going to be in the best bubble possible, but it's not a perfectly enclosed bubble. The hotel workers are going to be coming and going into central Florida. The workers at ESPN wide world of sports are going to be coming and going. They're not staying in the hotel with the league contingent. So there's going to be some overlap and there will probably be some guys that get it. I think the players are pretty understanding that the league is doing everything they can to minimize the risk, but there's only so much you can do. It's an imperfect system. And the NBA is dealing with the exact same thing. right now. So I think the big, the big concern is that if someone gets it, does it spread like wildfire in that hotel? That's kind of the main thing that I'm hearing. And then the other thing um, that I'm hearing is that players are kind of confused because MLS teams aren't required to announce when a player or a staff team staff member has tested positive. And so you guys mentioned, Max, you mentioned Paul Tenorio earlier. Him and I have a story coming out, I think pretty soon here, where we, I want to say four or five teams, I can't remember off the top of my head, have had positive tests that they have not announced. Um, and some of those within the last week. Um, and so that kind of lack of transparency is causing some extra anxiety. I don't think it's particularly a huge deal. Um, you know, this is why the, the protocols exist, but the lack of knowledge kind of allows speculation to run rampant. And, and that's causing, you know, like I said, some anxiety. Sam, when you say they don't have to announce, do you, do you mean that publicly or do they not, do they not have to tell MLS as well? Or, or how does that work? 
Yeah, well, they tell MLS, but, you know, they don't have to announce it publicly. And okay. obviously, if I'm on the Colorado Rapids, who just announced that they had a positive case, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a teammate of mine tests positive and goes out of training, I know. Right. So word spreads around the league that way, mm. but it's it's not any formal way of doing it. It's, I don't even know if the MLSPA is informed um, right away. I think if they ask, they can find out. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they are, you know, immediately notified by the teams or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The testing, though, uh, the individual, the individual, the club testing, I should say, I think people do get a little their guards go up when they see these positive tests. But I th- with, with what we saw in Europe, there were a lot of tests and they're now playing pretty well. How would you gauge with regards the, to the testing, maybe leaving out the issue of the tr- a little more transparency, which I think we all would like, and I think you're going to get whether the clubs yeah. want it or not. But yeah. overall, how have you viewed the testing heading into this tournament? I mean, I think the testing is pretty robust. I haven't heard any complaints from, from the players about that. And they're not really a group that is hesitant to complain about things. Um, you know, and fair enough, it's their, it's their lives that we're talking about here. Right. So fair play to them. Um, but I haven't heard any complaints about that. You know, every team has to be tested pretty extensively, particularly in the days leading up to when they travel to Orlando and then immediately when they get there. And then the first two weeks testing is pretty heavy as well, um, while they're down there. So, you know, like I said, the league, I think is doing a pretty good job of designing the best system they can. The problem is that system inevitably through no fault of anyone's is going to have holes. I just want to follow up on something you mentioned. If there, there, it's it'd be naive to not expect a test, a positive test, when we're there. And the trick is yeah. not to let that spread out. So, what is? And I know you mentioned this somewhat in your article, but what is the league looking to do if they test somebody, he has it, and he's there in Orlando? Yeah. So I don't know the exact specifics. Obviously, the, if anyone gets it, they're going to be isolated immediately. Right. And, and from what I understand, they'll essentially be moved to their own floor or their own part of the hotel. Um, and they won't be allowed to leave that room. They'll have food delivered to them, medication delivered to them. You know, doctors will presumably come check up on them, that sort of thing. They'll be administered new tests throughout. Um, but, you know, they'll be they'll be isolated and hold up. So that's that's how they're going to handle it. And, you know, the problem is, you guys know. Soccer players touch each other when they're on the fields and they breathe on each other and all of that stuff. So if someone has it for a couple of days and, and they're not able to figure it out, then it could spread kind of quickly. In, by the way, in my soccer playing days, I never touched anybody because I couldn't catch up to anybody. So I'd be a <laughs> low-risk guy if that was the case, although you'd see people running by me repeatedly. I, w- I wanted to ask, since you, you've been so on the, on the front lines of this, are, are we to the point in your conversations where you, you've had to ask MLS, like, what happens if we don't do the tournament? Like, do they, is there a contingency plan? Or are we not there yet? Um, I have not asked that question. Um, I don't think, I don't, like, so many things would have to happen, I think, for MLS to cancel this. Machinery is already in motion, right? San Jose is getting down there today. Yeah, right? they're in the, the schedule is The schedule is out now. Like, the wheels are already turning. And the, once they start turning, it's hard to stop them. The only things that I think could completely shut this thing down, one, if Florida shuts down, like if the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, decides, you know what, no mas, this isn't happening. I don't see that happening, considering how he's behaved throughout this pandemic. Um, but the other thing that might, you know, prompt the league to, to maybe take a step back and, and press pause or press stop would be if you have a situation like the NWSL just had, where Orlando Pride had to pull out of the tournament. But you know, it would have to be probably more than one team, right? Maybe like four, right? I mean, I don't know that. That's just me speculating. But like, it would have to be multiple teams that get the get the virus throughout their squad and say, you know what, we can't go down. And then if, if that reaches a critical mass, then maybe the league pulls the plug. Right. NWSL still going, you know, they're yeah, losing. they're still that, going. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big percent. Losing one team is actually a big percentage for them, which is where you, yeah. where you bring up the, you know, it'd have to be four or five. Um, you know, I asked this question, I have to ask it, I guess, uh, in a, in a interesting way, because, uh, we have a player that everyone keeps speculating whether he's going to be there. Um, and I don't know. And Max doesn't know. I mean, I, I ask on a daily Carlos basis. Carlos isn't telling you? Carlos is not telling me. No, no. Max and I go on IG lives all the time and people go, we're where's talking, Carlos? I'm yeah, like, what do you mean, where's Carlos? He's talking about, we're Zoom calling with him all the time. And he's like, he's a straight face. Look, I know the only thing I do know is he has been at training. That part has not stopped. So it's not like he's sure. decided to just stay home altogether. Um, but what, what's the vibe? Again, you've been talking to players. What's the vibe you yeah. get, get? I mean, in, in, 
in the release that's coming out, there's a lot of mentions of uh, one Javier Chicharito Hernandez because they know for sure he's going. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, no one I've spoken to knows for sure, but you know, Carlos Vela has made no secret throughout his career of you know not wanting to go away for extended periods of time from his home base, and whether that's with the Mexican national team, which sort of ended up with him not playing in a World Cup, right? Um, or, you know, whether that turns into something with LAFC and, and this tournament down at, at Disney. Um, I don't expect him to be there. Um, but, and that's the general expectation I get from people around the league. But I don't know for sure. That's just kind of my, my hunch on the situation. Um, obviously, his wife is pregnant, as you guys know. And that's a real, you know, that's a real consideration, right? That's a legit totally legit reason for not wanting to pack up and leave for what could be three, three and a half weeks, what could be seven weeks, depending on how far a team advances. So um, if he doesn't, you know, more power to him. He's doing what's right for him and his family. And if he does, same thing. Um, but do I expect him to go? You know, if you had to make me make a choice, I would say, no, I don't expect him to go. And are you, yeah, are you getting the vibe? I'm getting the vibe from, from fans even that, uh, they're going to kind of respect what players decide on, which is kind of interesting because that's generally not the case when we, when we think about things. I guess this is the yeah. post-COVID world we have. Yeah, I think so. I think MLS fans in general are probably a more – it's certainly a smaller group than other leagues, right? But I think they're probably a more – I think that makes them a little more understanding, right? The access between player and fan is a lot – there's a lot more of it. The barriers are a lot lower. So I feel like MLS fans do a pretty good job of seeing these guys actually as, as humans and not just people running around in their favorite team's jersey. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's the sense I've gotten to, and I'm sure, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic plays into that. I feel like we've all had to be more understanding with each other throughout this, and hopefully that will carry on if anyone decides to not go play in this tournament. This is a big opportunity, and, uh, for Major League Soccer, they are not the first sport back, they're not the first soccer league back, but they are the first after NWSL major sports league in the United States. Uh, when you compare some of the big sports that we see in Major League Baseball, the NFL, whose season hasn't begun, more so the NBA. And by the way, the NBA, we're getting a steady flow of players announcing that they will not go into that NBA bubble. I think Avery Bradley was most recent. They all have their reasons. But I think to see what's happening there, it would be naive to think it's not going to happen with, with Major League Soccer. But Sam, this is a big opportunity for MLS. We've heard a lot of bells and whistles. Any idea of how they roll this thing out to once they get a few extra eyeballs to try and keep them? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, they're going to try and dress up the broadcasts for sure. I've heard some rumors about maybe some virtual reality stuff. I don't know exactly what that would entail. That would get my son. Um, that'd get my son to watch, which would, which would be groundbreaking. There you go. So there's there's one there's one viewer at it right there. Um, so I've heard some rumors there. You know, we can expect coaches and players probably to be mic'd up more frequently than they have been in the past. Sure, um, there might be some sort of fan engagement type things going on. I mean, there will be some fan engagement type things going on, but maybe directly into the broadcast, like we've seen in some European leagues where you have like Zoom walls of fans. So maybe there's some situations like that. You know, maybe they do walk-up music like the Premier League. I think that could be kind of cool. Um, but I think the main thing for MLS, and, and this is hard because MLS, maybe its best selling point for drawing in new fans is the stadium experience. And I don't just mean the in-person stadium experience, but when you watch a game on TV at Bank of California Stadium or at Providence Park or up in Seattle, Toronto, a few other places around the league, that's a good TV experience, right? Why? Because the crowd's good. Um, you don't have that in Orlando. There's no fans. And, and so it's going to be harder. Um, the level of play I'm going to be really interested in. Um, you know, these guys are coming off a few months off. Uh, it's not ideal circumstances in that way. And it's going to be about a billion degrees down there in Florida. So it's going to be hard to play in that swamp, you know. Um, but I think if teams take it seriously, I think you could have some really, really entertaining matches and some, like, really, you know, MLS-type chaos, hecticness, and, like, all the, like, good, weird, wacky things that happen in this league, you could have that, like, on 10 if, if things go – if things get taken seriously by these clubs. So it's going to be interesting. To, to answer your question of how do they draw people in, I don't know that there's really a way to do it. You, you try and maximize what you got, but, like, these aren't ideal circumstances to market yourself as a league. You do have a good window that you, don't ha you haven't had and you aren't really going to have again 
in terms of you being the only product on TV in terms of American sports besides NWSL. Um, but other than that, you're kind of playing with one hand tied behind your back, so to speak. Sam, I saved this question because I, I, I got to know this is my most important question. <laughs> Are we going to get <laughs> the NBA style COVID rings on our MLS players? That's what I need to know. Oh, man. Uh, I would be surprised. Um, I haven't done a ton of reading on the NBA style rings, so, you know, we'll see. But it sounds like those cost a lot of money. And just given the overall level of spend and kind of what I've read about what the NBA is doing with 24-hour concierge, DJs, pedicurists, and all of these things um, versus what MLS is doing, which sounds much more stripped down, to say the least, um, I would be surprised. (laughs) There's an article by uh, your colleague, Felipe Cardenas, who's doing a great job alongside you and Paul about the MLS's back name. And once it came back, I didn't know that was going to be the final name, but I realize it now and I'm I'm settling (laughs) into it. And it's got a history and I'm okay with it because I was coming up with crazy names. I was like, let's call it the Corona Cup and we can make Corona yeah, the, with some the beer. COVID cup. Yeah. yeah. And I realized Heineken is obviously quite involved. So that doesn't really quite work, but uh, <laughs> uh, thoughts on the name. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine. I don't really get too hung up on that stuff. Like yeah. you don't have, you don't have to explain it. Right. It's <laughs> right. pretty straightforward. Like, you know, like if, if it was the COVID cup or the quarantine cup or whatever, people would be like, well, what's that? And then you have to explain it. So from that perspective, it's about as good as you can do. Right. Um, but yeah, is it a little unimaginative? Sure. But did they have bigger fish to fry with this whole project? Yes. About a million. Right. And what are the, what are the, what are the comparisons? I mean, look, we all love the champions league, but it's not like it's the most inspired name of all time. Europa league, not the most inspired name of all time. I mean, just name it. Like, let's get good games. That's what we, I mean, that's your biggest worry. That's my biggest worry. I mean, I'm glad that in the schedule, uh, things kind of broke the way they did where, you know, we play Houston first. Could you imagine LAFC and Galaxy being the first game in that group? I mean. <laughs> I don't think they would have ever done that. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, you, yeah, right. You would hope not, but it's just, it's they one of those They weren't drawn the schedule by ping pong balls. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, of course not. And no egg crates or whatever else we had going. That, that draw was, what did I, I, I got to ask you about the draw. What did you think of the draw? I look, I know we, yeah, we like funny. to have fun. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Like, you know, Charlie Davies, he was talking about it afterward. Like, his hands have never been sweatier. He hasn't been that nervous since he played at Azteca in 2009, which is, like, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you know? Bless him for sharing um, that, too. For you him. know, so, like, it was fun. Like, was it ridiculous? Yeah, a little bit. Like, was, like, you know, it wasn't quite the level of, uh, you know, glamour that we're used to at, at a FIFA draw in days of old with Sepp Blatter and Supermodels. Um, but I thought it was kind of uniquely MLS in its own kind of charming, weird little way. So I liked it. I mean, like, was it a little shady? Could you say, oh, is it rigged because they're doing this weird number system? Yeah, you can say that. But that, that adds to the charm, too. You know, you can yell at the league office. And, you know, for people saying it's rigged, like, all these teams, like, the, the Galaxy had a one in three chance of being drawn against LAFC. The odds weren't that long. <laughs> so why well, i love the idea of a, a producer having to call charlie and go hey what do you got that you could put these balls in behind right. you and we can rest them he's like i got a egg crate i got a i got like, like yeah, some you had to order games. something on amazon real quick right yeah he's like what is, is there a draw bucket on amazon you can order <laughs> sam I, I, we'll, we're gonna roll up our season we'll, we'll get your prediction for the tournament maybe a dark horse or two we, we went through that list as well but i know this is a question sure. a lot of people are asking and i know there's no answer to it now the tournament ends august the 11th but what are the expectations for how the league transitions from there to some regularity where the teams will be playing in their own markets at the very least probably without fans but playing in stadiums that are familiar Yeah, so the idea is to go into home markets and resume the regular season. I've heard a few different things, and it changes all the time, of course, right? Um, But, you know, ideally, I think they'll shoot for around like 18 or so regular season games, 16 to 18, I would guess, somewhere in there. Will that be possible? Who knows? Nobody, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it'll take a while to to figure out. Um, And Don Garber said as much on one of his media availabilities not that long ago that, you know, they have – building the framework but you, you can't you can't really confirm until later on i am curious and maybe this is something i should look into but what's going to happen with the canadian teams you know are they going to have to quarantine for two weeks after they get back from orlando mm. um i don't know right maybe mm-hmm. they stay in the states i don't i don't know um but 
I think it would work in, a, in such a way where it would be Eastern Conference teams playing Eastern Conference teams only, West playing West only. Nashville, of course, we know already has been moved to the East for the remainder of this season. Um, so, you know, kind of expansion, vagabond travelers there. Um, but, you know, so it would be in, intra-conference only. And then, you know, a race to the playoffs. And I've heard talk about an expanded format potentially there, but I think all of this stuff is still up for discussion. It's still up in the air, and I'm not quite sure how you make it happen, to be totally honest. All right, Sam, we're going we're gonna to put you on the spot. I'm sure you've probably yeah. already given, given some predictions. <laughs> but, but, you know, my predictions have changed, honestly, on a daily basis. So feel free to, to go off grid if you want. But I want uh, who you think the champion is, who your, your dark horse pick is, and then last uh, – Golden Boot, who you think uh, walks away with the Golden Boot for Ooh, this one? Oh, Golden Boot. That's one I haven't even thought of yet. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about it. Nice one, Vince. Now i got to think about yeah. that, too. Um, so I, my, a few of my athletic colleagues and I did like a little breakdown after the draw, and we all picked a winner, and I picked LAFC in that. So I, I guess I got yeah. to stick by that guns. Even if, they don't, even if they don't have Vela, I think they'll be just fine. Um, Bob's the best coach in the league, and I think he'll have them uh, – raring to go it's a young group of players too which i think is important um you know because you get down there you're playing on relatively short rest it's hot um you're not fully fit um you know muscle injuries might be a thing and if you're young it's probably less of a chance that those are a thing than if you're old so that that helps they have good depth um so yeah i picked lafc in terms of a dark horse i keep coming back around to colorado actually i think they have a pretty decent squad um they did really well down the stretch last year, first under Connor Casey, then under Robin Frazier, who's their coach now. So they have familiarity with him. Um, they have a lot to prove. So I think they're going to try hard, which I think is going to be like a big determining factor is like who wants to win this thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and so I keep coming back to Colorado as a team that can make some noise. Uh, I, I like, I kind of like their odds and training at altitude for the last couple of months, that'll help them with their fitness and give them a bit of a leg up on everybody besides, I guess, Salt Lake. So, um, so that'll be important as well. Um, in terms of golden boot, okay, let me think about this. Well, if I pick an LAFC to win, they're going to play seven games. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty safe bet. I can't pick Vela because I yeah, said he's not going to go. You've already said you've um, already ruled him possibly out, though. So. Yeah, so, you know, Diamande. Let's go with Rossi. How about that? Wow. Okay. We are big fan, obviously big fans of Diego Rossi yeah. on this podcast, so you can't go wrong yeah. there. There you go. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm, done, I'm on the LAFC show and I'm being a big LAFC homer. So. Well, Sam, you just um, got some walk-around privileges to Bank of California <laughs> there, there Stadium go. with the comments, Bob is the best coach in the league. LAFC is going to win is, it. Rossi, the uh, golden boot. Bob is probably listening to this. And, you know, like next time I ask for an interview, like this better be the hookup. So. We'll, we'll do all our weekend to fast track that. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a recent meeting where somebody had mentioned that Bob is listening to every single podcast that's out there. And I was like, he's the mm-hmm. only one because no one else is listening to podcasts, but Bob yeah. is at least doing it. It's so thank you, Bob. 16 times speed so he can fit them all into the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right guys all right. hey sam thanks for joining us keep doing the incredible work like uh like i said to everyone who listens to this our program you start at the beginning of the day go to the athletic an incredible mls uh, section led by sam paul and felipe so thanks for the work and we will be we'll be staying tuned and get that podcast out with some regularity because the numbers are coming up <laughs> my friend there you dispatch. go well thank you guys very much for having me on and for those kind words oh. uh, much appreciated Sam Stayskull of The Athletic joining us here. We'll be back. Vince, Vince and I will break down the tournament a little bit further and maybe give you a prediction or two as well. They won't be as good as Sam's, or maybe they will. That'll be next on the Max and Vince podcast, Inside LAFC. and Vince we are back great conversation there with uh, Sam I enjoyed that and he was able to uh to spell out I think I, I think we're pretty thorough there Vince yeah Sam Sam Paul I mean the athletic staff like like you said to end out our uh, conversation with them, you, you almost got to wake up in the morning and just go straight to the athletic.com and just see what what might come out there because and I mean this in the most endearing way they're like pub, they were public enemy number one from MLS for a little while because they were just right. getting everything right um and I know we both work for MLS and, you know, maybe we'll get chewed out a little bit for this, but fans want that, man. I, I, yes. I want that. You know, I love it. I don't mind being chewed out because we need that. Like if there is a transfer rumor, let's say this is not happening, 
Lionel Messi is coming to Inter-Miami. You want to hear that immediately. Or even if it's uh, Mario Balotelli or if it's someone marginal, you want all that information because guess what? All the other sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA are getting that with their writers. It's a competitive uh, workspace. It is much needed because information is king. So we cannot turn that away from Major League Soccer. It's, it's going on in the European leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transfer sometimes it's not is not accurate the good thing about these guys is they've been getting it right so uh, i hope that they can flesh that out and obviously get some help from major league soccer with breaking stories because uh we want the information and the more information from major league soccer the better i know that for a fact in our growth model that that is required for uh, mls to kind of take those steps they'll be small ones but steps towards the other major leagues yeah and there's no there's no way to do it where you you segment it either like you either got to have full open kind of transparency and allow guys like sam and paul to go out and get their information or, or you don't like you said it's not like we can just only count on them for transfer information they're out there to get everything and that's how they do their job they, there's no way you can segment it they, and and the biggest point is this they've been accurate i think i think that's the one thing you you got to hand to them if you're mls you gotta say hey they got the, the right stuff. I mean, it, it could be worse if they're putting out inaccurate stuff. And that's what happens when you close down. Then people are just going to wildly speculate. And that's, like you said, in Europe, it's they just kind of wild west when it comes to transfer it rumors because they don't get anything. They don't get anything. So they'll say, hey, and then you've got to take it. And I, I mentioned England, but in Spain, it's notorious with some of the rumors. And they say it, you know, matter of factly. And it's a lot of times very wrong. I, yeah, we won't get into that too much. But let's uh, let us roll into the schedule. Are you excited? It's like it's like getting the World Cup schedule. The, now you can map out your days. It is exactly the, that's the best way to put it. It's like getting the World Cup schedule, and, and the first thing you do, you start to strategize. What can we do in the first game, knowing who the competitor is in the second game and third game? And I said it to you already. I think this is the way the schedule broke. At least in terms of being competitive and good games, it could not have broke better for LAFC. Very true. So remember, LAFC is in the last group, Group F. So they'll be the last to play in the group stages. And they'll also be the last to play if and when they make the knockout stages. So uh, they, uh, let's just start with the groups. They'll, their first game is the tournament starts July 8th. They won't play until the 13th. So it's like when you're in that last group of the World Cup, you're waiting for a country, you get to see everything play. And we encourage you guys to see as many of the games. They're going to be as Sam mentioned on ESPN, which everyone has access to a couple games on ESPN too. The games on FS one will also be on do the Univision network. And uh, there'll be also games just for do that will be exclusive. So you, you'll get a lot of, you'll get some overlap on some of these games as well. So that you shouldn't be able to mention, miss them no matter where you are. So LAFC begins with Houston. Let's go through all three group games, LAFC, Houston, 8 PM, FS one and do the APM Eastern. APM Pacific. Well, I know 5 PM. I am really yeah. getting bad at this. I'm going to, this is going to be the bane of my existence. This is going to get me out of LAFC at some point. You keep messing up Eastern and Pacific. So 5 PM Pacific. What was that like at, at, at ESPN? That was probably had to been crazy for you always having to do timing and every, or was it yeah, just you did, you just did everything Eastern. You just knew it was Eastern. Yeah. There were other things that drove me bananas. Like this whole top of the hour, bottom of the hour. And I finally went to the producer. I go, I, no one cares top of the hour, bottom of the hour, because they have to think about it for 10 minutes, what that means. Yeah. Or maybe that was just me. I go, let's just say, hey, coming up at eight, coming up at 8.30. Okay, so July 13th, 5 p.m. Pacific time, LAFC Houston. Five days later on the 18th, the highly regarded, highly anticipated one, Galaxy LAFC at 7.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific time. That'll be on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. July 23rd, Portland and LAFC, 7.30 Pacific, ESPN2. It's one of the few ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. I will touch on after that. That's the end of the groups. They'll have a day off. From the 25th through the 28th, they'll have the round of 16. So expect LAFC to probably play on the 28th, no earlier than the 27th. So there you go. So those are your first four games mapped out, assuming LAFC gets through. I know you said you liked the run of how it went. I, I really wanted them to start with the Galaxy. Why? I think they had a good chance to really hammer them, kind of put, take out the wind from their sails. Uh, I think LAFC are, are far advanced just based on what we saw and the, and the, Bob, Bradley, uh, the Bob Bradley angle as well to, to 
to have them in a good position to, at no worse, tie that game, probably win it. So I would have yeah. liked that. But again, it, it's obviously something good to build up. And, and I know that's what the, the, the thinking was when they built this, you know, build some anticipation, which this certainly will. And uh, the Portland, I like the timing of the Portland game because we don't know about Portland. I know they're going to spoil a couple games, live off a counterattack, defend, try to keep the scores down. So we'll know a lot about them by that third game and where they stand. So I do like playing them third. All in all, I, I do like LAFC to win this group. I like playing them third for this reason. Hopefully you can do your business in the first two games and not get beat up too bad by them going yeah. into the knockout round. Cause if you have them as a middle game or even the first game and sorry, no disrespect to you, Portland, but you, you like a good foul and you like a good strong foul from time to time. And uh, especially against LAFC, those games have been knockout drag out fights. Um, and I, I just, I wouldn't want to have, I, I like the ability to, to kind of use the Houston game to, to see where you are, see where your fitness is. You know, that's been the biggest, that's going to be the biggest thing in this, in this game, in this tournament is those, that first game, a lot of guys only really have 60 minutes in their legs, max, maybe even 45 minutes in their legs. That's, that's where they would normally be in the preseason. Um, so I like that the, for me, I mean, look, I want to be optimistic too. And just, I would love to hammer the galaxy and move along and get them out of the way. But I think getting a game in between, you're going to get the best of both squads and you're going to get, uh, hopefully the, the, the highest levels of fitness. So I think it's going to be just a really good advert for, for the league and for, for the game. And that's what I kind of want. And, but I still, you know, I like our chances no matter when we would play the galaxy, to be honest. The uh, quality in play has definitely taken a step. Some teams haven't, but most teams with good intentions have shown improvement game to game. We're taping this right now. And I have the games in the background. You can see the improvement from a club like Liverpool from one game to the next they're all sort of getting there. So it's, uh, it's good to kind of have that ease in game, although Houston won't be, won't be easy by any means. I will say this. The one we, I keep using the World Cup analogy. One thing that's different is you want to win your group in a World Cup. I don't know if that's necessarily priority one here. You want to win your group, but it's such, it's such a roulette table for who you might face down the road because of third-place teams and so forth that – to your point, if you, if you can rest some guys for that third game, even if it may risk winning the group as long as your passage is through, maybe that comes into play here because you're not, you're not going to – you don't know who you're going to face. Some of the good teams aren't going to excel. Atlanta may not win their group or New York, New York City FC, I don't, which is – we don't know about these teams. You're not going to be possibly winning your group and avoiding Germany or Brazil. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different tournament. There's – I've seen move in the movements in Major League Soccer away from equilibrium, away from parity. But this tournament, everything kind of shrinks back. It has to with everyone with the same resources. We just don't know when it comes to predictions. Predicting this tournament is next to impossible, if you ask me. Yeah, and if you're LAFC, you are the Brazil. You are the Germany, right? Correct. So, look, uh, for <laughs> Everyone's Germany, trying to avoid you. You could finish second, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, no. For Germany and Brazil, they have that added pressure anytime they go into the World Cup because they're just expected to take top of the group. But they would tell you they don't care who they're going to play in the next round. So I think the biggest thing, like you said, is you got to get out of there without injuries. you got to get out of there healthy, and you got to get out of there hopefully you know, still ascending, right? You, you just want to continue to kind of ascend on a path, a path upward because – Again, you're starting from scratch, man. There's, we're not all at our peak here, like, like an, or even on the downswing, a normal World Cup tournament, right? It's after guys have played 50 games, some, you know, 50, sometimes 60 games if you're someone like Lionel Messi. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you just want to qualify and you want to qualify healthy and you want to qualify with an eye towards reaching your peaks in those, in those next rounds. So I, I think LFC doesn't really worry about who, who they qualify against. They just they got to get through and they got to get through healthy. We spoke to Sam and we await the decision by uh, Carlos Vela. We, uh, him at wait, awaiting child is, is obviously a big, is, is good reason to maybe not go or shorten it. But I don't know anything about anything. But let's, let's assume he may go and let's see how LAFC, how they approach this game and who we think could be up for a big tournament uh, our top of the list show, we, we, we touched on this a little bit. I think obviously the guys that have worked really hard to get in there will be guys that you rely on. And I think we can identify that. We know uh, Diego Rossi, which was Sam's pick to win it, has an endless motor. 
And I think he's a guy that could really excel in, the, in this situation. We, Andy Nahar, the newest player, we'll see how he's ready to go. I think Dio and BWP, both ready to go, gives LAFC an incredible advantage to platoon the attacking positions. And I, I feel very confident they'll be able to score and score with some frequency in this tournament. Atuesta is obviously a guy we rely on too, and I think where he goes, this club goes. But what, what do you think? Is there someone we're not – we're not mentioning or I'm not mentioning here that you think could step up. I think Chiqui Palacios, this could be a great tournament for him. Young and a guy who can really get forward could be his moment also. And in, in closing, Tristan Blackman, who might see play in a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, positions. When, I, when I look at this tournament and I look at what you're going to need to thrive in this tournament, you're going to need control in matches because, you're again, you're going to be working against your fitness. You're working against the weather. Um, and for me, that means midfield. So Mark Anthony K, Latif Blessing, Edward Atuesta, they all know each other so well. So they already have that huge advantage of knowing kind of, here's when I go, here's when you go, let's go fast here, let's change the tempo here. So they have a pretty good idea and a pretty good understanding of that. But they're going to need to be at, really at the peak of their uh, height in, in terms of controlling matches if LFC is going to do well. And you bring up a good point. Even if Carlos doesn't go, you have now Dio healthy. You have Bradley Wright Phillips healthy. Both are going to be uh, wanting to prove something. I think a guy like Adrian Perez is someone that I'd like to see him do some things. He's got a lot to prove. He had such a good preseason and then got a little bit of an injury. Um, so he was kind of fighting his way back to fitness, but he should be fully fit. And if you consider how you're going to want to rotate attackers and how you're going to want to keep guys fresh, I think he's going to have to be an important guy because he can really press. Um, he's a decent passer. He can, he can kind of link the lines. He's going to probably play a little more uh, center forward than we've seen him play uh, in previous times where he's been more of a winger because um, they kind of like him as, uh, as that you know, Liverpool-type Bobby Firmino player. But I think even without Carlos, he, he, with or without Carlos, I think someone like Adrian Perez is going to be uh, someone that gives you a lot of flexibility in what you can do and how you can kind of move Bradley Wright Phillips into the rotation and how you can get Dio back in without you know, risking any further injury and, and making sure that he's fully fit. Let's, we talked about our top of the list on our Instagram show, Top Surprises. So we might as well just double up on our research. Oh, I dropped my phone. It's okay. If I drop my phone, it's basically, you know, it's all over. Everything's on that phone. Your phone is in like a locker though. That's the <laughs> biggest case ever made. For good reason. Yeah. We touched on some surprises. So we'll just repeat those. It was in this order of our surprise teams for this tournament. Number one is sporting, which is when you look at their roster, you, you almost want to put them from surprise team to potential winner. Uh, they, they have some good players. They were great. Alan Polito leading the way, and they were great in the two games before the, uh, the quarantine. We had sporting one, Columbus two, I believe. Philly no. three, no, Galaxy no. two. Sporting one, FC Dallas two. FC Dallas, yep. Philly three, Columbus four. Um, it was Minnesota? Minnesota five. So we jettisoned the Galaxy. Jettisoned the Galaxy. And Sam's pick, who was, who was on the teetering on the edge for us too, was Colorado. Well, yeah. I saw, you, I, thought, I saw you snicker when he said that. And I was like, damn. I told I, Max. I put them on the... Uh, Shredding room floors. Well, so, uh, like, like I said about Philly, I mean, it's not just that I don't necessarily know what Philly's going to have because of the, their style of play. And, and I, I, I reference this. They don't seem to have a consistent scoring presence. They have good players. Uh, by the way, we've been told since that it's not Chris Bilko, it's Shabilko, Casper Shabilko. Who told you that? Uh, Philly, Philly Memes. Who's been a, who's been a, I remember that. I just haven't said his name in so long. I know. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, they're, they're right. And of course they'd be right. They're Philly fans. Um, the reason why I discounted Philly a little bit was just because they came in second place in their, their conference. So it was hard for me to, I didn't even have them kind of in my brainwave, but we wanted to have some good back and forth. But I think Colorado's a good pick, man. I I like Colorado because it's a point that Sam brought up and we've, we've talked about young players are going to drive teams in, in this tournament. And if you're, roster and the important players that you have in your roster skews a little bit old it's it's going to put you up against it uh when you consider the the layoff time and then the weather and the the condensed schedule very interesting when you have all these things uh, at play I, and again i don't want to predict too much but i like there are our surprises lafc i think the midfield call is immense and now we just kind of 
have to wait and see. So we're, I have my trip to Zion coming up, mm -hmm. packing the stuff. My wife, yeah. my wife's kind of driving me crazy right now. She's here at the house. She's asking me where my, where everything is. So I'm just whispering. So Max, I'm what kind of, what kind of packer are you? you? You're, you're like five minutes before you leave, right? No, the night before, but I do it in 10 minutes. There's people in this household that take a few hours to <laughs> but they're, because of their meticulous nature, which I really appreciate. And obviously a lot more because they're packing for a kid and for all of us to eat. And uh, I've just packed my clothes, which isn't fair, but I have to find my water shoes so I can do some hiking where we might be in some, some, some moist areas there. So uh, I have that on, on the plate. So after that, we're going to be rolling right into this. We're going to get rolling right into these games. It'll be July as Sam said, the teams are going to be getting there. We'll, we'll let you know when LAFC gets there. And then in a couple of weeks, we're, we're, we got games. Remember, it starts July 8th. LAFC starts July 13th. But July 8th, that will be here before you know it. Yeah, and well, Sam pointed out a really big key um, in something. we I don't know the for sure date when LAFC is going to be there, but they have to be there a week before their first game. So they don't necessarily have to be there July 1st. Like some teams, Sam already mentioned, huge. San, San Jose is in the air because they literally can't train um out, out there in san jose they can't they can't get full team training so they're deciding to go to orlando to to give them the chance to be all together um but yeah it's it's a big deal and and if i kind of just going off of the way lafc's done things in the past they don't see the benefits of being an extra early person because there's not really especially in heat you you get acclimated i, I talked to gavin benjafield who's head of performance he said to get acclimated usually in a couple days They'll be there at least a week in advance. So by day three, they'll be fine. He said that the time zone change is the biggest thing, but they usually take the, the, the general rule of thumb is a day per time, time zone change. So three time zones by the third day, they should be feeling like they're East Coasters. Um, so I, I would, if I was going to say, I would say LFC is probably going to push it right up to, the, to that limit of when they can be there. And that's probably July 6th, if I had to guess. Good. Good. We want that. I, the less time, it, it makes it more, because it was like this 10-week window, and then if you can creep that down to seven, eight weeks, eight weeks, which would be, I think, uh, the smallest amount you could do it, maybe somewhere between seven and eight weeks, then certainly take advantage of that. Again, LAFC and me, we are so similar, Vince. We are like, we don't like, to, we like to take our time before we get anywhere. We don't want to be, we don't want to be too early. We like to be there right on time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're going to continue with our podcast doing that. We're, we're going to come up with a strategy, but we're really excited to give you full coverage. And I know Vince and I will uh, will do our best to uh, give you instant analysis from our games and moving forward again, a minimum of three, as many as seven games. Watch as many games as you can. It's going to be a fun ride. And uh, we, also, we all got to support our league. You know, that we are part of this league and, we're, and, and we've got to make sure that we know it. And, and, and tell your friends about it. Say, hey, you got nothing to watch? Yeah, you do. You have this and you can do it. Uh, West Coast times that are easy for us, for people who, there are people are working here. There are a lot of people who are working. There are a lot of people that can't get around home and you can share this with your family and we encourage you to do that. So it's here. It was a lot of work. We're still not completely there, you know, because we yeah. read the news every day. There's so many complications and I, I, I was inspired by NWSL because as bad as it looked with that Orlando pride, they're, they're still going forward even though some players are pulling out from that tournament, they're still going forward with that. And that just goes to show the wherewithal of these leagues and the importance of sports. You, I'll sit here and argue and say there's more important things in sports, but sports are really important. When Major League Baseball yesterday was saying they're going on, I have friends who work for all these Major League Baseball teams. They're putting food on their tables and everything they do relies on what they do in sports. So if it is safe enough, then we should have it. And I'm really glad to see that because I was getting really bummed out that not only the fans missing out on baseball, more importantly, all those involved with covering the sport in every which way. Uh, we need to get the stadium people up and running, but soon enough that will happen. But this is, you got to take one step to before you take step number two. Yeah, all of us, look, obviously, Max, your and I's paycheck comes from a, a sports team, but it, it goes way farther than the guys that you hear in a podcast and and guys and girls and women and everything that you hear in podcasts, because there's so many people that are employed by sports, man. It's, 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 it's almost massive. scary. It's almost scary when you think about it, because like you said, the stadium people and we, our hearts go out to them because we want to get into those places so that we can see them. And they're our friends, man. I have guys that guys and girls that I see at the, at Bank California stadium, I, you know, the high five, it's good to see you again. Hey, Oh, what'd you think about that goal? 
I mean, they, they're, they're invested. I've got people that I, I see them in the elevator. They got the little radios going. They, they love it, man. They, they really love it. And, and I miss that. I really do miss that, um, that aspect of it. So it's something that, that I think people should consider when they, when they think, you know, sports maybe isn't important. It, it does. It reaches a little bit farther than just these guys that are going to go out there and play on the pitch. It's not as important as other things, but when people say it's not, it's not important, I, I take major issue to that. So it, we also need a distraction. This will provide that. So enjoy it with your family and maybe, maybe safe distancing somewhere. We will, we will talk about that as we get closer. Uh, perhaps at some of our partner uh, bars and restaurants, we shall see. But until we, if we get clearance, you know, we will certainly bring that to your attention so that we can share these moments with our friends. Well, I've got a little thing I can share. If, if those things do happen, your boy Vince might be in and around uh, doing a little reporting for, for you guys in your pre and post game shows. So, yeah, that's oh, so. pre and post games for the games on YouTube TV. So half an hour before and half an hour after we will throw to the games, all the games on national TV. But if you want a little extra, which you will uh, sound just interviews, whatever it's required, we've got you covered and complete post-match analysis. Max, if we had had, one of those 9 a.m. games, and I mean 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Pacific, what time would you have had to have been in the studio? Knowing Bernard, it would have to be 2.30. Yep. You would have called out for that one. That would be all Rogo, right? Nope. Rogo, Rogo That's actually good. early enough where I don't go to bed. Oh, you just go straight through. Yep. I like that. <laughs> I would probably take a little nap, but I just can't. I just don't get tired that early. But that's, you, that's just a personal thing. So You we'll sleep, beh- sleep behind the uh, LAFC ice cream cart? <laughs> kind of like with my legs in there because it's nice and cool. But you can certainly do that. Uh, and our friends at Estrella TV, they'll be involved as well. So we're excited. So, hey, we're good, Vince. This is a good day. Yeah. Good day. We remind you to subscribe to the Max and Vince podcast and all our great podcasts. Please listen to Between Two Coaches, Bob Bradley and Jesse Marsh. It's getting rave reviews, not just in the LAFC community, but internationally. So it is something... We produced here. A lot of hard work went into it. Check it out, especially if you're interested in coaching or if you're a player and need a little, you know, a little kick over the edge. It'll, it'll help you with that. It's two of our best coaches. And as uh, Sam said, Bob Bradley, and I wrote it down, is the best coach in the league. We'd be happy to hear that. We can put that on our, on our That's Sam just our promotional his, post. He printed his ticket to, to get into the PC anytime and get into Bank California Stadium anytime. <laughs> Indeed. We'll talk to you soon, Vince.